everybody to the one to go show presented by dirt track supply from the beautiful blue line brew studio it is ryan ale in the beautiful uh throwback bobby girardi shirt it is puka speaking we are burnt laymanless tonight uh episode 144 ryan and it is it's that week it's that time world 100 time yeah, well, you can take your World 100. It's a great show. It's the biggest late model event of the year. But come on, it's John Sites Memorial Week, too. I mean, I, I'm kind of a bigger fan of that myself. But here's the deal. Um, we'll talk about Dirt Track Supply first, right? Because Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, South Dakota, not quite the easiest year for everybody that sells tires, especially with something they did over at the Brown County Speedway this past weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But, uh, man, Trevor, great, great job this weekend. Another um, repairable vehicles, Tri-State Late Model Series win, um, padding that point lead, three shows left. Um, great to see that. Hopefully he knocks down that championship. But great, great group of guys over there, him and Ron. If you need parts, service, safety equipment, tires, you name it, get a hold of them, guys. Dirt Track Supply is your go-to for anything racing-related. Yeah, and speaking of the late model series, Lucas completely washed out. Uh, World of Outlaws got one in, but that uh, Mars series through Illinois, they got him in. Fairbury, was it Spoon River, Fairbury, and Kent? Is it Kankakee? No. No, uh, Fairbury, Farmer City, Spoon Farmer River, City. And, and then Macon, of course, was which was a postponed summer nationals race. They had the Herald Review 100. Um and, and quite honestly, I'd rather watch Illinois Dirt Late Model Racing than Lucas Oil or World of Outlaw anyway. You know, of course, Jimmy Owens finally getting another win, right? So that was great to see World of Outlaw action down at Smoky Mountain. But uh, pretty cool, uh, Jason Fager. Yeah. It's kind of fun getting it done over there in Macon. And, and I don't know, we call them late model races, but the race of the week on Flow Racing was a mod race again at Fairbury. So I don't know. I mean, we talked about this all weekend long. Modified racing better than late model racing. It is what it is. I, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. We did talk about modified racing being greater than late model. We will touch on that a little bit later. All right, let's jump into it. Give us a like if you can. Uh, we're going to get into the blast of the past. Ryan, brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. Yeah, it's that time of year. We are right nipping on the heels of open enrollment for healthcare. I talked to a lot of people this weekend, and I'm just astonished how much people pay for health insurance. So if you're one of those paying way too much, or if you don't have it because you're not wanting to pay that much, um, I tell you what, health insurance is important. You need a product out there. Get a hold of me. I'll get you a free quote. It takes just a few moments. I'll get you some information, and tell you what, I'd love to help you out if I could. All right, episode 144 and or 44. Bert gave us Leroy Redant, number 44. I'm assuming that's Kyle Redant's father or some sort of relative. Uh, so you said you actually have a 144. I do. I do. Great racing lineage. I'm going to give you a clue, right? There's one, two, three, four... I'm counting six drivers tied in with this family, and there's way more than that, right? That just off the top of my head, but one of them ran mostly in the street stock division, jumped up for a brief stint in the late model with a 144 on the side of the car. Can you remember that name? I, I can't. Nick Nelson. Nick Nelson. So he ran the 144. For just a little bit, I believe it was just Daryl's other car, and of course, he's the younger brother of the legendary Daryl Nelson, grandson of the one and only Billy Nelson. You know, but the 144 I have, Nick Nelson, and that's a pretty cool one right there. That's a guy right there that he hasn't been around. I haven't even seen him at a racetrack for a number of years, which is great. <laughs> and in you know the Nelson lineage, right? You got of course Billy Nelson. I mean, Hall of Famer at many different racetracks, one of the best ever strap in in the twin ports, still getting over to the races, but uh, Billy Nelson, 1981 Labor Day shootout win in the Superstock and Puka. That's one that's near and dear to my heart because that's a, that's a Labor Day shootout where I remember Ron Jones breaking, coming back out after switching cars and doing some crazy uh, stuff. But Billy Nelson is the one that often I forget about that parked that 44 in victory lane. And then, Billy Jr. ran a mod for a while, and uh, Starter LePage, who's in that family, he ran the 44 in a Super, and then, of course, 
Daryl Nelson, right? Daryl Nelson's absolutely phenomenal. Another Labor Day shootout win for, for the Hermantown Hammer. Almost doubled up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And then his kid, the next up-and-comer, right? There's going to be another generation of Nelson racers. That 44, when I think 44, I think Nelson's. But if you're on the Iron Range, right? If you're on the Iron Range, if you're at the Hibbing Raceway, I'm hoping you have this one. Who do you got for 44? Well, Billy Nelson is my first pick. Big. I was going to say Big Dan was 44, wasn't he? Yeah. Big Dan Fodge was 44. And, man, a guy we lost way too soon. I mean, I think he was only, man, he was only around 50 years old. You know, somewhere in that neighborhood, which had, you know, obviously this weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. He tragically passed uh, 1998 Labor Day shootout. And a uh, guy that we miss, really good friends with my dad, good friends with Harlan Tardy. You know, just a, a guy that, quite honestly, Lauren Tardy's won a pile of races, probably couldn't have won most of them without Dan Claudio helping him. But uh, a guy that has been, he's been gone for a long time. And uh, a late model guy. I got one more. Late model guy. 44. He, I believe it was a Mopar. I believe he won the Silver 1000 with this car. I was just thinking as we talked, and that would be Rick Auckland, correct? Driving, right? Driving. If you don't, me and Ryan might not know it, but if you know it, put it in the comments. Who was that car owner? Do you remember? I don't. I don't. So somebody can put that in the comments. That'd be great because I literally do not know who owned that car. But Rick Auckland, a guy that cool. sent off with winning i mean that guy got it i did whoop his ass i did i absolutely whooped his ass over at the at the go-kart track over by the cedar lake speedway i, I wish i would have got that picture right but uh bob had the picture on the wall of me carrying the flag i was like 10 years old i passed him i won might have cheated right he's probably cheating too right but uh he, they turned the governor up for me drove right by him but Rick Auckland, uh, his kid, Matt Auckland, hell of a race car driver in the modified division. We'll probably see some of him come in by time here. But uh, I, I love that memory lane. You know, let's jump into some great moments we had over this past weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I said, hit, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. So we're going to go to the top five moments of the week brought to you by uh, Brad Parsons, Soil and Ag Solutions. Four racers by racers. I talked to Brad. He sent me a picture. He said, the car's almost ready. It's got a miss. It's not running right, even in the garage. So he doesn't know what the deal is there. Hopefully he can hit at least one invitational here before the end of the year. But uh, farmers, I tell you what, get a hold of Brad. I mean, John Tardy did. He's not a farmer, but he's a deer hunter. So he has some products there, but he has all kinds of great products that you can mix right with your current spray packages. Um, the proof's in the pudding. They've done a lot of research. Western Minnesota, the Dakotas, and uh, I tell you, four racers, by racers. If you want to increase profitability, you know, increase your yields, make more money, get a hold of Brad. He's got some great products for you. Give him a try. All right. A big race we previewed last week, the 50th annual Silver 1000 on the Halverline Speedway, Proctor, Minnesota. Ends up being a classic duel between Pat Doerr and Jimmy Mars. Yeah, so are, are we going to put these in any particular order? I had that one at number two. Oh, did you? Oh, I just, oh, I'm going off the cuff for what we talked about earlier. <laughs> all right, so in no particular yeah. order here, you can all rank them, right? Um, I'm on the road. He's hustling. We're working short week this week, so we didn't quite put it in order. But here's some of our top five moments. I mean, what a race. So I get a text message from a late model driver, a really good late model driver, right, from over in uh, – western minnesota he said did did proctor have enough character for you he said because <laughs> i i just i jacked him up earlier in the year about not wanting to race on rough tracks i might have called him a pussy and he didn't really like that very much and i i'm like eh, the heat races were all yeah probably a little bit heavy right a little bit heavy quite honestly that feature though might have been the best feature of the whole weekend i mean it was phenomenal and Jimmy Mars outdueling Pat Doerr. Now, it's kind of cool because Pat Doerr threw a slider on him that eh, might have been a little bit of a quarter panel there, possibly, right? Jimmy Mars, give him one back. And even mentioned in Victory Lane, we usually race clean, got a lot of respect, but he, he elbowed me there, pissed me off. Yeah. I love that. I love I love that in Victory Lane. Now, Jimmy Mars getting it done. Pat Doerr 
in second. Unbelievable race. Really a battle of the titans when it comes to Wissota Late Models. Two of the best ever at literally the longest lasting, the most prestigious race, in my opinion. The 50th annual Silver 1000, six grand to win. Great moment. But I got to ask you, Puka. So let's just be honest. A couple weeks ago, he's like, oh, I don't think they should race in Grand Rapids. It's too rough. I promise you that Grand Rapids was going to have less character on its track than the Silver 1000, okay? It is what it is. It turned out to be great features. In my opinion, I thought some of the heats were good too, right? People aren't used to that heavy stuff. I get it. As a driver, I wasn't a huge fan either. But he raced the heaviest race, the most character track. Then he skipped the next three. So this week, apparently Jimmy likes rough tacky tracks better than smooth. I, I, I can't keep up. I, I don't know. He, he changes his mind weekly. But we're, Jimmy Mars getting to, totally got her done. Now, were you a bit surprised at the track? Because this was probably, for those of you who don't know, you know, Proctor sits by the lake and get very cool this time of year. What, 85 degrees on, on Thursday when they had the show? I was a bit surprised at how heavy it was. Yeah, so was Donnie. I talked to Donnie Loftall. He put some water down. He said it's hot. It's never hot here. It's Proctor. It's always cold. But sixty they had high high humidity. I think it was like sixty percent humidity. So it just stayed heavy. And uh, you know, I it really there was some holes getting into one, but it was more heavy than it was rough and it built a big cushion. I was surprised, but no dust. It didn't train up, no rubber, and, and the features were great. I mean, I thought the features were fantastic. The fans left there going, that might have been one of the best late model features I've ever seen in, in Wissota Racing. It was awesome. You know, so sometimes it kind of sucks throughout, but then it's great at the end, and this is one of those examples. Yeah. All right, we saw some great mod racing up in Hibbing at the Labor Day shootout. Of course, two features. You know, for those of you not familiar with, with Labor Day, it's two complete programs. Uh, same pay, basically the same day. Late models got a little bit more on the second day this year. Uh, but yeah, I would have to agree, Ryan. Mods all did the lates this weekend. There. They, they, there, Hocus said it. So you, you might want to pause, rewind, listen to that again. Mods all did the late models. I love it. I just, I love when his ears hear his mouth say that. I love that, right? I love that. Um, Skeeter Esten, we're going to have to start calling him Miss. Uh oh. What does he have? 12? I think he has 12 now. And yeah. he literally won last year, rookie year in the mods. He's bat ran some odds a little bit, but doubled up at the Labor Day shootout last year. Again, night number one this year, kind of a, I don't know if you want to call it, kind of a dominating win. He was the strongest car. Daryl led. And I don't really know what happened there. They, they were coming for lap traffic, and, and the couple lap cars kind of were way off the pace. I don't know if Daryl expected a yellow or what exactly happened, but he wowed way up, and Skeeter stormed by on the outside, took the lead, never looked back, really never got any challenges from that point forward. And uh, I, had a, I had a fan question of the week. They, they're going to love this. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I didn't come up with this. It was a fan question. I can show you the text. They said, was Bob driving Johnny's car the first night in Hibbing? And I'm like, I, why? He goes, man, he did run into everything out there. I'm like, I didn't really run into everything. I mean, he, he threw a couple sliders on Daryl, missed by a mile. Not a big deal. It was exciting. It was fun. I like Daryl Nelson. I like Johnny Broking. It needed some excitement. He was throwing haymakers at him, going for the win. You watch Fairbury, that's like lap one. They do that all the time, right? So, I mean, so it, it was aggressive, but the crowd was on their feet. I know Kenzie wasn't real happy. We heard that on the video. Um, but the fact is, it was it was exciting stuff and great race there. Just an epic battle. And actually, I think Jody Delphi got in the mix there as well. Um, but just a really good race. Night number two, Skeeter draws the outside pole again. Kelly Esty on the front row. Puka, I shot Kelly Esty a text. I said, I'll give you 50 bucks for a dirty slider on lap one. <laughs> Well, he might have been able to do that if he could keep up. Kid whooped his ass. Kid's kind of whooping everybody's ass. Like, we're all getting old. So Skeeter jumped out to the lead. Sobraski's kind of sizing him up. Sobraski's not the guy for a bold move typically, right? Well, he threw a haymaker with two to go, connected a little bit, gave him a little right rear, drove by for the win, and he denied 
um, Skeeter of his fourth straight Labor Day shootout. And Skeeter not real happy about it. A little post-race deal, ran into the 7-8 after the race. Some tracks kick you out for that. Some tracks do not. Pains, you make the call if you should have been. I don't really know. I probably wouldn't have been happy either. But let's be honest, right? If you're a fan of Estes, they would have did the same thing. I've seen them do it, right? So, but it was it was exciting racing. The mods were really the the class of the field at the Labor Day shootout. Um, Skeeter night one, Sebraski night two. Good stuff over at the 44th annual Labor Day shootout. Totally. All right. How about uh, career win 100 for Dustin Nelson? 99 and 100. So he texted me. He goes, do I go to Princeton Friday or Grand Rapids? I'm like, well, obviously you go to Grand Rapids. Well, he's running for track points over at Princeton. So he locked up another track championship. I think that's 832 track championships at Princeton for uh, Dustin Nelson. He's got a lot. I don't really know how many, but he got win 99. Then he went to the Mighty Axe for Brainerd because he did. Yeah, I think he's got family up there. Hibbing is better than Brainerd. I'm just saying. But he went there and on night number two, parked the 46 in victory lane for career win number 100. Tip of the cap. Congratulations, Dustin Nelson. And let's go to your T-shirt there. So, uh <laughs> You see Ryan's T-shirt there. So the Provenzinos decided between uh, Joe Prober Racewear, Jeff Provenzino, uh, Bobby Girardi, legend up here in Hibbing, they decided to come up with a paid scheme, go back to his 1984 car when he won their Labor Day shootout. So Provenzino drove the the car with the classic paid scheme that's on Ryan's shirt. They did apparel, and I haven't seen a line for apparel at a Wazota track like that in a long, long time. That, that was the, in my opinion, that was the moment of the week. I mean, I think a lot more people need to do this kind of stuff because it just, it just created a buzz, right? It created an atmosphere on the Hibbing Raceway. First ballot Hall of Famer at the Hibbing Raceway on 1984, I believe it was, when he won the late, I got it right here. Yeah, 1984 Labor Day shootout winner. So he did a throwback, Bravo did, with a zero exactly like he had the car in Labor Day shootout. Even the old sponsors, right? Yeah. Even the old sponsors on their Terzic market. We all remember up north, Jojo Terzic. Super cool. A tough weekend for Bravo. I mean, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. I don't really know what happened on his engine or what happened on night two. He left a big puddle of, of fluid. I don't know exactly what that was, but... Um, that was just awesome. The whole, a lot of the Girardi clan and family, and I think most of Kelly Lake was there. Thad Johannesson got to carry the flag. That was pretty cool the next day. And, you know, just a, just a great tribute to a guy that's been doing it a long time. So, you know, another tip of the cap, Bobby G. He's one of the great ones up, up north for sure. All right, let's go back to the silver one. Thousand of rookie takes on the title in the mods. This kid, this kid hasn't really come out of nowhere, but if you haven't paid attention to Midwest mods, you're like, who the hell is this guy? Garfield, Minnesota, which is right by Alexandria, hit their driver, Justin Fremming, the 33X. Now, he's won a few big uh, Midwest mod races, not really a points chaser, so he doesn't run a lot. He drove by the 11 of Belfi and the 70 of Sebraski to win um, at the 50th annual Silver 1000. Congratulations, kid. Very talented driver. I think he's going to win a lot more races. Super cool. Unexpected. I didn't expect to see him even at the silver. I don't know even know if he's been to Proctor before. But uh, I tell you what, he left his mark. That's for sure. 33X parking it at the Halverline Speedway. Yeah, congratulations to the rookie. All right, throw your comments in. We're going to move on to the Invitational Recap. Brought to you by our friends over at Blue Line Brews. You can see him behind me. You can see him above me. You can see him right here. If you're going to the store, this is the label you're looking for. Coffee smells great. 10% of profits, as always, go back. Yeah, Ryan's got the mug. They have beautiful mugs, bluelinebrews.com for the mug or and the coffee. Uh, but uh, look for the logo. Like I said, you hit the stores. You can find this. 10% of profits back to law enforcement of uh, injured soldiers, to families of injured soldiers, or to families of, not soldiers, officers, or to, um, let me go back. 10% of profits to families of injured officers or potentially fallen officers. So that's what they're doing. That's a good cause. Uh, if you go to bluebrews.com, save 15, type the promo code, code in, save 15 on your tire order. Like I said, they've got the coffee, got the bugs, got the little cutie uh, 
Canines here. Look at that little puppy. So cute. So you got the canine cups. So bluelinebrews.com is where you will get it done. So what do you got for a recap for us? Talk to us that I need to stop. So there's, there's a bunch of Labor Day invitationals, right? And then, you know, from this point forward, there's really only a couple shows a week. So I'll touch on a couple here from Labor Day weekend. So Greenbush, a lot of our drivers that race rapids, you know, come from the Bemidji area. And they, instead of coming over to Hibbing, they go up to Greenbush. It is what it is. I've been told, Tyler Peterson said that place is unbelievable racing. Mike Gressa said the same thing. Well, of course, both of them parking in Victory Lane. They had a pair of shows Saturday and Sunday. The modified winners, Tyler Peterson, night one. Night two, Josh Bolio, a guy that comes up to the Hibbing Raceway. TPO went to Casino Speedway in Watertown. They had their final points night of the year. Great to see Josh Bolio. We're used to Tyler Peterson winning, but I like seeing Josh Bolio get her done. Midwest Mods, Lance Schill, night number one, and and I think Justin Olson, I believe, is his name in the 169 on night number two. I didn't get to watch it, but here's the deal, Puka. They got a timeout. On night number two, the B-Mods were literally aggravating everybody, like yellow, 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 kind of like night one in Hibbing. It's like it just wouldn't end. Finally, the track official says, oh, that's enough. Midwest Mods, get to your timeout area in the infield. They brought the next class out on the racetrack, ran the feature, and said, now now you can go finish your race if you play nice. Next year, I think they're going to get dunce caps or whatever, kind of go over there your time out with the dunce cap on, right? I've never seen that kind of cool deal, right? It's like, hey, shame on you. You go sit down there, feel like an idiot for a little while, then we'll let you come back out on the track to play. So kind of a cool deal up in Greenbush, right? I kind of like that. That's a kind of a good idea. If you guys, I mean, you're adults, if you can't act like adults, yeah, take a little time out like the kindergartners and uh, we'll, we'll check on you later. <laughs> exactly. National point leader, um, Kyle Dykoff from 11th on night one. Impressive run. In night two, he got second behind a very fast Tucker Peterson. I believe Tucker Peterson is Joey Peterson's kid. And that kid flat out wins a lot of races. He's got a bright future ahead of him. In fact, could be like the late season pick here next year to maybe make a run at the points deal because he's really fast. And then the late models, Gresseth, and then some old guy in a number 12. No, not Luciani, not Luciani. Brad Sang getting it done, a pair of NLRA races. Um, they got the finale coming up here this weekend at the prelude to the Johnny. Now, Viking Speedway, they always have a doubleheader on the big high-flying half-mile down there. Um, Brett Hoyam and the Iceman Don Icelands, they won uh, modified features. Trevor Sauer and Matt Miller, who quite honestly have been the two best super stocks. Sorry, Coach Krause, it just is what it is. Kind of had an off year. Those two have been the fastest two all year, and they won respective nights. In the Midwest Mods, the Cobra Cody Lee and Brendan Blasek, a guy that He's a low-budget guy with high, high speed in that 9B. And then in the street stocks, Colton Brower, not Braden Brower, Colton Brower. I think Braden's more focused on football right now in the Wolverine, Justin Vogel, trying to keep pace with Dykoff. Mighty Axe, not going to talk about all the IMCA shows other than, did you notice that Dave Kane was not at the Labor Day shootout? Seems like yeah. forever. Yeah, he's been right? a pick of mine times. Yep. Yeah, made the switch to IMCA. I don't know, he probably got a pair of cars, but he ran IMCA over at the Mighty Axe. I think he ran in the top five, I think he did, but he didn't win. Super stock races, we talked about Dustin Nelson getting career win number 100 on night two. But night number one, Dylan Nelson. Remember Dylan Nelson in the 25? He won the Fastlane Superstock Series. I called it out at the beginning of the year. This kid's going to hit double-digit wins. That's 10 on the year for the 25. He even messaged me on Facebook. He goes, you were right, double-digit wins. So congratulations. Great year for Dylan. Now, the only other one that we weren't at, the Big Buck Nationals in Puka, I got to be honest, there's a whole slew of donkey awards going out to the Brown County Speedway. I I just love giving Terry donkey awards. It's like a hobby of mine. I like it. It's a lot of fun. I like giving Terry donkey awards. But before I do that, the wild child, Scott Ward, getting it done in the late model. In the modified, Dale Ames. Now, a huge, huge tip of the cap. Congratulations. Outstanding year for Dale Ames. That win won him something called the Triple Crown. 
Now, I'm going to give mad props to the Brown County Speedway, Miller Central Speedway, and the Casino Speedway because what they did is they put together a point fund between those three tracks where all classes were in the same point fund. They took your, you know, your points from, I don't exactly know how many shows it is. You can look up all those details, but he also, by winning that race, he won the uh, triple crown. That was $5,000 extra. So just a great way to cap off a great year for the six. And also the super stocks. I bet you can't guess who won the super stocks. Yep. You're right. Trevor Nelson. We're shocker. Shocker that he got it done out there. Brendan Waite in the Midwest Mods. Scott Vince, right? Redheaded Rebel get it down in the street stocks. Now, a couple things here. Chad Becker, he DNF'd, okay? He's he's leading the national points. And he's battling with Josh Gorcheski. It's really kind of between those two there, Puka, for the national standings in the late models. I'm looking through the list. I'm like, where's Gorcheski finish? And I'm looking, I'm like, he wasn't at his hometown invitational. What? He went to the East West Clash. He won. I think he won one. He got second twice be- behind Kirchhoff out there. Now, normally I'd be like, what? Some cherry picking shit, right? You dump, dump in your hometown track to go to Gillette, race 10 cars. But from what I was told, my sources told me the reason he wasn't at Aberdeen, he was picking on the track princess that it seems like every time that somebody races against a certain driver over there and they have a little altercation and they're racing for national points, they seem to kick that guy out. I don't really know. It's like two years in a row that's happened. I think he just like maybe swerved or flipped somebody off. I don't really know. Right. But my sources tell me that it was BS. He got booted. I, I'm not really sure. Right. You, you can uh, do your own research on that. Kind of seems a little sketchy to me and here's what it means here's why it really seems sketchy because at the end of the street stock race puka there was a guy right in the street stock the old one literally drove over a guy after the race he didn't get black flag he didn't get kicked Mm -hmm. out he didn't get nothing well he's not racing against that same guy for national points so i think that only applies if you're racing i'm not really sure i'm just saying okay so you guys will comment and Aberdeen. Yeah, I don't that this is I got a lot of sources sending me a lot of stuff. I wasn't there. You tell me. Now, so there's Donkey Award number one. No consistency. Well a little consistency in, in a bad way. But we're in a tire shortage, right? I mean there was talk late models couldn't even get tires. Like they're not even right available. Here's the format for the big buck nationals in Aberdeen. Heats one day, features the next. Already, I think that's stupid, but it is what it is, okay? They ran on night one, they ran double heat races. So everybody had to run two heats, okay? So I'm thinking, I'm like, we're in a tire shortage, and you're making them run two heats? I'm like, okay, well, that's stupid. Well, then I had somebody say, well, that ain't it. They literally had like 22 to 24 to 26 cars in all their classes. They ran B-mains, and they all went to the feature why would you do it's like we're in a tire shortage and you're making them run two heats a b main for no apparent reason you're not eliminating anybody and running a feature. that's a donkey award that is that's a horse shit as a as a racer that used to be on a budget even when tires are available i would have thought that was stupid right but now you're in a tire shortage deal and you're making them run needless laps come on guys out at brown county speedway get your shit together you gotta that's just terrible. I mean, you can't you can't say you're all about the racer and do stuff like that because it just is not a good deal. And I feel bad for Trevor over at Dirt Track Supply because he's the one selling the tires that he doesn't even have to yeah. sell. So, yeah, uh, hopefully they make a change to that format for next year. Well, now we'll talk, in my opinion, Puka, what we think the good ones are, right? We had the Silver, the Wasota Classic, the Labor Day Shootout. That's coming home. You know, you weren't at the Silver. And we talked about the winners, right? Framing, we talked about Mars. Great atmosphere. Um, just an unbelievable crowd. Yeah, it went long. The track, I mean, it is what it is. They got too much water on it, but we love Fairbury. Looks like that every night, right? It was kind of funny because they're like trying to scrape mud. And I'm like, do half these people even have a mud scraper in the trailer? I'm not really sure if they even have one, right? And but you can watch the veterans, right? The people that 
So there's two types of people in racing. One is I'm going to go set the car up. I'm going to learn suspension. I'm going to make a turn. And the other ones are I'm going to call the chassis builder and see what to do, right? Well, there's a lot of drivers out there had no issue making their stuff turn. It is what it is. Now, another thing that happened at the Silver 1000, probably one of the most violent rollovers that I've seen in a long time. Tough break. Billy Kendall running up in the top five in the modifieds. Somehow got, you can make the call. I'll post a video here. Looked to me like he maybe went to try to diamond or somehow got a little, uh, got a little skewed, got together. I think he maybe right rear hit the cushion 45 J. There's a little contact and he went over five, six times. It was crazy. Driver was okay. Builds his own cars. So he better thank himself for building a safe race car because it went over quick, fast, and in a hurry. Hopefully he gets back out before the end of invitational season. Wasota Classic, you were there, Puka. What stuck out to you? Uh, well, I kind of liked the whole show. When I, you know, again, again, another one night show. They get it. What would we get? I think six thirty start time. I think we did our pro post race at about what eleven fifteen. The races were well over by then. I mean, we had already seen my son holding hands with a girlfriend in Victory Lane by that point. So, um, you know, nothing in particular other than you know, like I said, timely show, good show. Little disappointed on the late model numbers. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but um, you know, you talked about. I don't think the track will be rough. Track was not rough. Track was in good shape. Uh, you know, they they stayed on it all night. Uh, you know, all in all, I thought it was a good show. Your thoughts? Yeah, that track really came around once George Finkbone came back and and uh, Fred Hoschel over there helping as well. They really took a racetrack that just they couldn't find a rhythm early. Smooth top to bottom, excellent racetrack. Late models got a little latched up. It is what it is, but it was smooth, right? It was smooth. Uh, late models, of course, went to the X Factor. Only a couple nights in the car, and that SSR won two for SSR late models at the Wasota Classic because Rick Nemi, who's had a great year, he got second. Modified action. That went to the 7A, Shane Sabraski, Superstocks, Sabraski also, but he wrecked in the heat, tore the whole rear suspension out, had to come from last, which we'll talk about that shortly, but only 11 Supers kind of pissed me off. There's going to be a donkey award coming. Stay tuned. Um, but he got it done from last. Midwest Mods, all out of town. Oh, Zach Benson got it done. Kennedy Swan with a great run for second. And then Chad Finkbone in the Piers, his swan song. He said this before, but I believe it's true this time. Sounds like that car sold. Chad Finkbone done um, and uh, finished it off in style by winning his third straight Wasota Classic in the Piers. 44th annual Labor Day shootout at the Hibbing Raceway. Just quick on the winners. Daryl Nelson, night one. Pat Door, night two in the late models. Night one, we talked about it. Skeeter, night two, Sabraski. Night one in the Supers, 7A Shane Sabraski. Night two, Dave Moss. Now... This is a you make the call, okay? Because I'm going to post the video here. Actually, I'm not. I'm lying. Mason. Mason Aaron's videos. Get a hold of Mason. Does a great job, right? He has awesome stuff. He's posting that video for us. There was an altercation. Jim Campbell, who, by the way, tip of the cap, great job to him. Third place finish on the podium at the Labor Day shootout. He was leading, right? But he had three of the best drivers, three of them, right? He had SpaceX, and then he was on the inside. And Sabraski was in the middle. Dave Moss was on the outside. So you take those feature win counts, and it's like, holy crap, right? They're three wide. Contact happens. Dave Moss gets turned around. Caution comes out. There was some discussion between officials. They're like, well, what do you think? And there was different opinions. Ultimately, they made the call to call it on the 7A. Sabraski to the back. Dave Moss goes on to win. I believe it's his second or third, maybe third Labor Day shootout. You make the call. Um, it was a tough one. Quite yeah. honestly, uh, I talked to three different people. They had three different opinions. Probably not an easy call, especially from the infield. Um, we get, you know, it's not fair. We get a little bit easier vantage point. But take a look at that and let us know what you think. Um, in the Midwest Mods, Tyler Kittner. Tyler Kittner, Puka. 21 years of truck. Actually, it wasn't the Tyler Kittner we know. This was a KITNER. So the one that usually races there, still winless. Um I don't know who makes out them big checks, but that's probably a donkey award. Kittners have only been racing at the Hibby Raceway for like, what, 50 years or something like that, and they still can't spell their name right. 
So Tyler multiple, gets- multiple ones every year too, not just one. Multiple years for fifty years, <laughs> or multiple drivers for fifty exactly. years. <laughs> multiple drivers for fifty years. But super cool to see him in victory lane. Night number two, he started outside pole. Is he going to do it again? And there was a little bit of confrontation between him and Mervin Castle. And Tyler, when you start outside pole, dude, you got to jump out to the lead right away. You can't like fall back to fourth and like let that happen. So you make the call on what happened. There was a tough break. Tyler broke some stuff in the right front. But uh, uh, Cody Carlson, guy that we've talked about on the show, he got it done. And then a little bit of controversy in the Hornets, right? Uh, Mike Legan got it won, got it done. Good kid, but he flat out dumped. I mean, literally, Stevie Wonder texted me and was like, what the fuck was that? Like, he flat out dumped Justin Barstas. Like, literally, he so bad that in victory lane, he, like, apologized for it, right? Like, it was horrible bad. Barstas from last to second, great comeback for him, but... Boy, that was a missed call right there. That, that was a painful one. Barsnesses were not happy about that. So that's the recap there. Anything else? So another one in the mods. I'll let you go first. What stuck out to you from the Labor Day shootout this year? I got, I got to touch a little bit on the mods there too because that was that was pretty good. But what what stuck out to you from this year's Labor Day shootout? Well, the Cody Carlson and the like said the, the Midwest mod, he really dominated that second night. He was way out front. Uh, Pat Door with his win, thirteen Labor Day shootouts, the all-time leader now. The uh, Labor Day shootout wins. Uh, Kennedy Swan, nice recovery night too. She struggled a little bit on the first day there. Uh, like I said, Jeff Provenzino, just no luck at all. Um, Barsness, like I said, nice recovery. Yeah, you know he's my son's age. Kind of follow him just a little bit. Uh, Mike Egan's probably the guy that would have I would have picked to win. But that's kind of kind of it. You know, like I said, all in all, you know, the shows were were you know the shows were done in a pretty timely fashion. I think the camping was great. The crowds were great. By the way, fans, Ryan Ryan and I did a, a pre race and post race for the Donlinger Ford in, in Grand Rapids on Friday and both days of Labor Day. Go to the YouTube or Facebook, wherever you find us, and you can find our shows. We kind of read, we give the pre-race, give the, the post-race. So um, how about you? What stuck out? Just the people, the atmosphere. The crowd was great both nights. I thought the crowd was fantastic, right? I was nervous that with four classes or four and a half, because here's or Hornets ran Keats one day, features next. I thought it was going to be a marathon. It was a little over five hours, but it wasn't like the seven, eight hours thing that I was scared of. It, it wasn't that. Track held up, latched yeah. down a little bit for the lates, but I don't think it was necessarily, I think it was just the tires, right? Because after the late models, the mods and supers were both good, you know, the first night. So I think it was just late model racing. But night number two, with all that racing, never latched down. Great racing surface, so hats off to the track prep crew. But great to see, you know, saw my parents, saw my daughter, saw my uncle, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, I saw pretty much most of my pit crew, people that used to pit for me, you know, some of my sponsors, great having all the people down from Thunder Bay, right? We miss those Canadians coming down to our invitationals. That was phenomenal. So I think overall the culture was good, the atmosphere, and uh, I think they just did a great job. I'm looking forward to it again next year. Okay, something on the mods? Yeah, you know, it's I, I just kind of laugh. I mean, we I guess I talked about it already when we were doing the top five moments, but Skeeter Esty, damn close to going four straight. I mean, dang close. And I don't know if anybody ever in the history of the Labor Day shootout has won four straight. I don't think that's ever happened. Um, I believe maybe Eggersdorf might have won three straight. I'm not positive on that. I'd have to look. But Skeeter Esty just about made history. And uh, Shane Sebraski snatched it out from underneath them. And, I mean, let's be honest, Puka. You're racing for a Labor Day shootout win. You're going to snarf somebody a little bit. It's not like he dumped them or ran them in the wall or spun them out. He gave them a little quarter panel. It just is what it is. Back in the day, that was just how it happened. I get things are more expensive now, but people want to be entertained. And guess what? I think they were this year. Oh, I, I definitely think so. And I know uh, my my buddy, old Nesbitt, he won three in a row. Swept in 88 and won in 89. So there's at least one guy that's got three in a row. But, uh, but Skeeter. He's up there all weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nesbitt was in the house, and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, Skeeter's got Skeeter's a young guy. He's got a lot of time. Um, you know, like I said, you know, he may end up being 
your all-time Labor Day shootout win leader. All right, is that it there for, for the uh, invitational recap? All right, let's move on to the hot takes brought to you by Ray, by byrayshirts.com. Uh, we talked about a little bit. Go to the website. You're looking for shirts, and, and you know, don't stress out about designs. They'll design the shirt for you. Uh, they've got all kinds of samples on the website. You can look through and say, I like this one. I like this one. So there's all kinds of samples there. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll help you through the process. And like I said, just going on the website, jumping through. You don't have to talk to anybody. You go right through the website, put your order in, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, what have you. Buyrayshirts.com is where you go for that. All right. So speaking of the Liberty Shootout, you got to speak with Wazota's Executive Director, Rod Lindquist. Had a nice conversation. Had a really good conversation. I got a so I I jacked him up hard with soda, not Rod personally, but with soda on last week's show. And he called me. He goes, "Hey, are you up here?" I'm like, "Oh boy, this is yeah. I wonder if he's gonna be mad, right?" And uh, so we got together. He come picked me up on Saturday. We went for a golf cart ride. Well, we'll start there. So he picks me up on the golf cart, and we go. We're we're driving around. We're stopping different places, talking to people. You know, talk talking and talk to a few people along the way. And I'm like, let's go take a look at the track. And we make it all the way up to the track. Battery dies on the golf cart. I'm like, huh, I guess we can find somebody to push. He goes, oh, no, no, we got another one. I'll have my guys bring it over. Not a big deal. They bring it over. We make it to the other end of the straightaway, run out of gas. I'm like, I'm starting to question your leadership, right? And they're like, seriously. I'm like, he's like, well, if you're questioning my leadership there, he goes, I ran, I might have ran out of gas in Proctor, or maybe it's Superior, one of the two. Proctor Superior ran out of gas in the motorhome. And I'm like, he needs to get a chauffeur or something, or at least have somebody tell him what he needs to have a female with him saying, You gotta stop at the gas station, I gotta pee and fill up with gas, right? That's what you gotta do. So uh kind of a fun con- we talked about a lot of stuff, right? And he said, he kind of hurt my feelings last week, you know, because I, I jacked them, jacked up with Soda about their just terrible marketing for the 100. And we talked about those Soda 100 coming up, right? And I'm like, what's the deal? Nobody markets this. Nobody promotes. I mean, they put more time into promoting, like, get your paid pit spot than they do the actual race itself. I'm like, that's a problem, right? So I really spent some time talking to him about a lot of the issues. And guess what? He's only one guy, right? And I know this, and he ain't call, He didn't call anybody out, okay? But he may have verified. the Most of the board, not all of the board, there's a couple good ones, right? But most of the board is pretty hands-off. They're just there. They're just, like, placeholders. If you're going to be on the soda board and not do nothing, please just resign. Let somebody else have that spot that wants to actually be active. There is way too much to do. Me... And several other people have been very critical of the Wasota Promoters Association for quite a while, right? We're like, a lot of stuff needs to change. One person can't do it all, right? If you're a promoter listening to this, you got to get a hold of the board and say, we need to hire more people, right? Wasota 100 needs an event planner, right? They need somebody that takes care of the 100 because they didn't post the purse because they cut the purse, right? They didn't want people to know, oh, we cut the purse two years in a row. Why are they cutting the purse? Cost of everything's triple of what it was 20 years ago. They, the, now, with that said, the purse is still way the hell better than the legendary or not so legendary 100, whatever you want to call it. That purse is a joke. I would never go to that race. It's horrible. It's almost embarrassing. They, they should just not have that show. In fact, I think the group at Cedar Lake, to be honest, I don't even think they care about that show. I think they just do it despite Wasoda. I really do. I don't think they don't care about that show. It's not even a moneymaker. They don't even promote it. They get like seven people in the grandstands. So eliminate that, right? And just have a Wasoda 100. You gain a few of them cars over to over to Fergus Falls. But there's no reason to cut the purse. Cutting the purse shows me one thing. That either A, it's laziness on going out and getting sponsors, or B, that the person that was hired to go out and get sponsors has too many freaking things put on his plate. So he can't do the one job he wants to do. That's a, that's a problem, right? So we can look back at different people and say they needed to do more. Well, you know, let me put it this way. So a big multi-million dollar organization isn't going to have their sales staff cleaning bathrooms, right? It ain't going to happen. They don't nothing against janitors, right? But they're not going to have their top sales staff out cleaning bathrooms. They ain't going to do that, right? So 
you know, Halberlines doesn't have their truck drivers working on the trucks. They got they got mechanics that do that, and then the truck drivers drive the truck. The dispatchers, guess what? They they get the loads. You can't have one person wearing eighty-seven different hats and do everything perfect. That's just not that's not smart business. That's a terrible business model, right? So he his job should be getting the sponsors, coordinating things, stuff like that. They need a person for the Wasota 100. They need a person to handle points. Social media, unbelievable. I mean, just terrible. I mean, you look at their website, Puka, the last latest news on the websites from May 9th. There have been no news in Wasota since May 9th. None, zero. I, I'm just saying, right? I, I don't know. What challenge series is over. Structural building challenge series. Champions been. I also, I also grabbed a tire. I went right over to so Kevin Celine, if you're listening, I if, if you're if Kevin Celine is wondering why one of the tires on the tire rack looked kind of funky, he's looking like how'd that get out of place? That was me. Never even told him, by the way. He was gone. I went in his trailer. I grabbed the tire. I set it right in front of him. I said, "You see this with soda stamp in the wheel?" He said, "Yeah." You see this sticker? Yeah. I said, "If the sticker falls off, is it still stamped?" Well, yeah. So if the sticker falls off, is it an advantage? Well, no. Is it still the same wheel? Yeah. Is it still a legal wheel? Yeah. Should you get disqualified for that? Well, no. Well, that they are. They're disqualifying people. He said he wants to address that. Ah. That's So that's one thing that needs to be done. That I mean, if the stamp's there, the head of teching, Billy Engelstad, right, should have a pack of stickers, buy them, or Wasota can get them, you know, to recertify wheels. If a sticker falls off the wheel, Go to the tech guy, grab a sticker, let them look at the wheel. Yes, that wheel's okay. Put a sticker on, not a big deal. No reason to DQ people. Why Why are we making people's life difficult? So I showed them that. We talked about different positions that need to be had. I think I think some strides were made with the challenge series. I think they actually, the car counts were better than they've been in a long time. So where he was able to put his focus, I think went well. I think the challenge series overall had good car counts. You know, there were some pretty neat things they did there, but they need to hire more people to do more stuff in the board. And I get it. The board's not a paid spot. I get it. I've been on a board at the Hibbing Raceway, but if you don't want to be active, if you don't want to be, and you're going, well, they don't pay me. I'm not doing it anymore. Just get off the board. There's people that are passionate about racing that want to help. There's people that are passionate about racing that will physically do stuff. Let them do that. Wasota was a great organization before. It can be again, but we all got to work together. So had a great talk there with Rod, and he's got a lot of great ideas, but he's, he's kind of handcuffed because he's only one person. So that's the problem is just not enough able bodies. They got to hire more people. And here's the deal. I'll just say this. The old mentality, Puka, is, well, if you figure out a way to pay for it, well, we can hire more people. Well, that's the wrong way of thinking, in my opinion, okay? I, I believe they need to go, your, your job is to go get sponsors, generate revenue. Guy's a business guy. That's what he does. Multi-million dollar business guy, right? This guy, he knows how to get money, right? If, if they just take the handcuffs off so he doesn't have to do all this other stuff and they hire other people to do that, not only will he get enough money to pay for all these people, but it'll be way beyond that if you let him do what he was meant to be doing. And uh, I think that's how Wasota gets fixed, and then all the other stuff can come after that. Yeah, so of, good conversation. Awesome. Kind of grow your way out of the problem. All right, so second hot take. You and I kind of on the same page here. Drivers at tracks leaving or drivers at tracks watching, and the cars are parked in the parking lot. It bothers the shit out of me, right? So I'm just going to skip right to who's hot, who's not right here. Okay. And this is my who's not is the Donkey Award recipients. And, and I'm talking about all the Hibbing drivers and, and a lot of Challenge Series drivers. I, I just don't think people are race car drivers anymore. So I'm going to start with the Hibbing guys. I'll start there, right? The Wasota Classic. I mean, it doesn't pay what the Labor Day shootout pays, but the track was great. It's a pretty good pay. I mean, it was $3,000 to win, right? For the late models, 300 to start, great pay. And you got all these drivers going, well, I'm just going to go get a good parking spot at Hibbing and save my stuff. That's just why. Like, you're a race car driver. Now, especially, Tyler, I love you, man. I love you. But what in the hell? 
I'm I'm still I wasn't gonna I'm still giving Tyler a donkey word. Dude wins all the time in Grand Rapids, and I get how important the Labor Day shootout was to him, right? But he wins all the time in Grand Rapids, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna save my stuff." Jay Kittner won the Wissota Classic last year, well, or two years ago, maybe it was. I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna save my stuff for Hibbing. He's kind of had an off year anyway. You know, Don Smith won the points. He was there watching his kid. Right? You know, they work their tails off. Brokings don't need to run a race for them, right? They got enough shit going on. Right? But they do all that. My dad gets the sponsors. George Fred Holschel making the track better. And you got all these people stay home. Well, shit, maybe they just canceled the show altogether. I don't know. They still had decent car counts, not in the soup. Yeah. Dude, they had more they had more Thunder Bay Supers than they did local supers at the Wasota Classic. Brutal. Now I'm going to flip over to the late model guys. Now, I, I just don't understand you guys. I, I really don't. I, they unload the race in Proctor on the Cowboy Upfield. And I get it. It's 6000 to win. It's 500 to start. It's a big show. I would have too. You got to, right? 3000 to win, 300 to start at the Wasota Classic. And all these late models going, well, we're just going to wait for Hibbing. Cole Searing, I'm telling you right now, the points were wrapped up, right? Like, you did math. You know how to do math. You knew that you already had it won. Why the hell aren't you racing? What the hell's wrong with you, right? Not only did some of these guys not go to the Classic, they raced the Challenge Series show in Hibbing. Now, get this. Get this. How many times have you heard racers? They need to pay more. They need to pay. You never heard that before, right? 3000 to win on Saturday, right? 4000 to win on Sunday, in the challenge series, the the so-called special late model guys, right? They go home. Yeah. How's that? I, they didn't work Monday, right? Monday's a holiday. They didn't work Monday. I mean, if a couple of them did, so be it. But some of the top drivers, I, how I don't, I just don't get it. Like, are they race car drivers or are they not race car drivers? I, I really don't understand. That's a donkey award. Yeah, Ryan's alluding to. We lost about nine late models between Saturday into Sunday at Hibbing. Um, Searing, Searing pulled up, uh, Talixon pulled up, uh, Edgington pulled up, uh, Daryl Nelson pulled up. So there's just some of the names I can think of offhand. But uh, yeah, so we lost a few drivers. Still, you know, 30, I think we had 31 late models on Sunday. So a good car count, but uh was a little bit surprising that, um, you know, all of a sudden you show up on Sunday. And remember, they're parked there. Like you just stay, stay overnight, race the next day, said Monday not working. That's not like they went somewhere else to race Sunday night, did they? There was, unless they went all the way to the casino. No, none of them did, and and quite honestly, the track was <laughs> the track was better right on Sunday than Saturday. Now, sources tell me pretty good sources, right, that on Saturday, Challenge Series races are forty laps. Okay, my opinion, that's too many. Seems a lockdown every single time, forty laps, right? The Hibbing Raceway, from what I've been told, sources tell me the Hibbing Raceway wanted it to be thirty laps. Okay, they're like, we don't need to go 40 track. Can't, it ain't going to be good. They were right. Locked down right late in the race, too. So, I mean, it probably would have been a better 30 lap feature. Night number two, more money, 4,000 to win 30 lap feature because it wasn't a challenge series race. Never locked down. Good racetrack Saturday night. You don't need 40 lap races. It's not good. It don't make for better racing. So that, there's there's that, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so that's your not so hot and the who's hot, who's not. That's my not. I went right to my not. You know, I, I figured, you know what, I got I, I, there's several drivers I could probably put in here, but I'm just gonna put a whole group of them right in the not. So okay. well, we I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make those all my knots also, so we can go to the hots. <laughs> there you go. So who do you have in the who's hot? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Tyler Kittner, like I said, after 21 years of trying, you know, kind of uh, Dale Earnhardt-ish. Uh, congratulations, Tyler, you know, big win at the Labor Day shootout on night one and big wedding coming up uh, here in whatever, five, six days. So congrats to you and Brooke on that. Who do you got, Ray? Absolutely. I got a couple late. I'll, I'll get a couple in different classes, late models. He didn't get a win, but he had the best weekend overall of the late model drivers. That's Kyle Peterlin. He got a, I believe he got all, what do you get? A third, third, a fourth. Third, Six. fourth. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last night, but yeah, third, third, fourth for sure. Last night he dipped her off the back straight that's away. Right. Lost, lost yard, you know, got got passed. But um, overall, that twenty three showed a lot of speed. 
Um, I'd like to see him maybe win one of these specials. Not sure where he's going. In the modified divisions, I talked earlier, Dale Ames. This dude has had an outstanding season. By far the best season he's ever had. Um, haven't had the liberty of really having a good conversation with this guy. Hope to do that before the end of the year. And then winning that $5,000 payday for the Triple Crown. And then Tyler Peterson, four straight wins for the one TPO. And he is stretching the gap. Sabraski was on the podium all four nights, right, with the 7A. Ain't going to be enough. TPO was just stretching. Now, this weekend's going to be huge. What's going to – TPO's going to Grand Forks, to the sites. 7A's going to Superior, I would assume. Yeah. And then they got the 100. So, TPO keeps on winning. That deal's over. He's looking to go back-to-back for national champs. And in the street stock division, three wins, two seconds. For Kyle Dykoff this weekend, one of those wins from 11th. Him and him, get this, both him and Justin Vogel have over 30 top two finishes. So, yeah, so they're both over 30. The difference is the the 11's got a whole lot more wins. So Kyle Dykoff, he told me before the season started, I'm going after the national championship. Job well done, and it uh, looks like he's going to do just that. All right, let's move on to the locks of the week brought to you by Jay Schmidt Real Estate. For racers by racers, right? We all racers stick together. 20 plus years in business. Great racing family out in Watertown, South Dakota. Whether you need commercial, residential, land, you name it. Any real estate transaction in that area, you get a hold of Jay Schmidt Real Estate because he's a sure bet. He's my lock of the week. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with uh, our buddy Aaron Turnbull up in Grand Forks at the Sites Memorial. As you know, or as you fans know, if you're watching the show, he was, what, not this weekend, but last weekend. He made the trip down, got some laps. He's my guy. Who you got? All right, so I'm going to jump over to Bert, right? Because Bert, you might have the notes there. I know he emailed them to you. But Bert's lock of the week last week Came into fruition, a young lady over at the half-mile Shano Speedway, modified track championship. What's her name? Jordan Barts. Congratulations to her, Bert. You kind of willed that one into fruition. So, <laughs> maiden history, I think that's the first female to win a modified track championship. Maybe any track championship, Bert can put in the comments. But job well done. Congratulations to that young lady. My lock of the week is a double one express pat door is going to double up at i believe they still call it the russ larson classic the northern nationals at the gondiklaw speedway in superior i'm assuming he's heading that direction i'm not a hundred percent sure probably going to depend on weather but that 11 car is so good at the superior speedway i see him getting a pair of wins over in superior wisconsin Awesome. And, you know, it is World 100 week, so like I said, Brian and I didn't pick that, but we'd like to throw in the comments who you think is going to take home the World 100. And even if you want to throw in there, remember, we got to finish up the dream. That will be Wednesday night, going to finish up the dream from June. So go ahead and throw in the comments who you think the winners there are going to be. Obviously, this little race in Ohio called the World 100. All right, last lap, Zuli's race engines, Ryan. They keep on winning, right? They're going to go 1-2 in national points, possibly top three. But Justin Vogel, another win at the Casino Speedway. Um, Tucker Peterson with a pair of wins. Greenbush and Grand Forks. Um, 11P, Rob Petroff out west. He won both at the Electric City Speedway and at Gallatin. And then Kyle Dykoff, three wins, two seconds. If you can't beat him, join him. Stay tuned. Invitational season, the money season is here. Them Zuli race engines will be taking home some hardware. Yeah, ZulisRaceEngines.com's Refine Frank. All right, uh, Crash Carlson. Congratulations, my buddy Crash, right? I'm in the Halberdine's truck right now. Crash Carlson, been there forever, 4 Million Mile Club. But officially, now he brought him and two other people, Jerry L. and Todd Carlson from Todd Signs. Those three started the Silver 1000 50 years ago. Crash Carlson, the first inductee into the Proctor Speedway Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. That guy's been around for my whole life, right? And uh, it's it's, uh, it's a really cool moment seeing Crash Carlson be the number one, the first person inducted into the Hall of Fame at the Proctor Speedway. 
All right, and I got some news on Casey Schumann. Casey Schumann, the current series director for the World of Outlaw Late Models, he will be leaving for the 2023 season. He's going to be the general manager at the I-70 Motorsports Park down in Missouri. Uh, he will remain in a leadership role uh, for the Sprint Car and Midgets, the two extreme series, the Midgets and Sprints. Um, and we're presuming now, as we reported on the show a few weeks ago, Steve Francis had joined the World Racing Group. We're kind of presuming that, you know, he'll be taking over that position for Casey Schumann. Yeah, that's what it's looking like to me. I guess we'll have to wait for the official announcement, but I, I believe that's going to be the case. And another little bit of a switch up in the late model world. We yes. talked about this before, Rocket One, new driver coming in 2023. Puka, what's happening there? Yeah, Brandon Shepard stepping aside. Now they, I heard a report since he's been in that ride, he's got like $3.5 million in earnings between wins and, and titles. Uh, but yeah, stepping aside, you can go back to the B5 ride, go back to Illinois, be a little closer to his three kids. They just got that little one at home. So it sounds like he wants his dad to be a little bit more involved, his grandpa to be a little bit more involved. And another youngster, rising star, Hudson O'Neill. Of course, you know him. You've heard of him. Sounds like he's going to get in that ride. They're going to get some practice laps with him and some testing as far as soon as next week is what I've heard. So what do you think of the move, Ryan? I mean, I, I think it makes a little sense for both parties. It's a win. It's a huge win for everybody, right? Because Hudson O'Neill, upcoming talent, right? Roger Sellers, his car owner right now, said, hey, that's a great opportunity. Go for it, young man. You deserve it. No hard feelings there. Brandon Shepard, humble, family guy, had another kid, wants to get back home, loves his family, right? His dad raced, his grand grandparents own the car. He's able to go back. He's still going to sit. He's still going to be traveling a lot, but he's going to be back home more. So it just made sense for everybody. I think it's a great move. And I honestly think the B5 will be faster than the Rocket One. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I remember hearing an interview with, I think it was earlier this year with Mark Richards. And he said, the thing that people don't understand is, we're getting ready to race on a weekend. Brandon drives. I think he said it's an eight-hour trip from Illinois to West Virginia to the shop in his pickup. Then he gets into the ride. And they roam around the country. And then he stops. And then he got to, unless they're coming, obviously, Cedar Lake or I-80 or something like that. But, of course, many races in the Deep South, many races out east. So, um, you know, Brandon's put a lot of time on the road, not just in the holler, but in his pickup, you know, commuting back and forth. All right. Some sad but good, I guess, news on Nick Hoffman. Yeah, I mean, the thrill for Mooresville, obviously one of the best, uh, well, probably the best UMP modified talent out there. Great in the late model, too. Just waiting for that official big ride to come. But, uh, man, I, I don't know all the details, but in Kentucky, crashed the hauler. Not exactly sure what happened. When they first announced it, they had him sedated. He was in a coma. You know, so they, they had it. But it sounds like he's alert now. Everything's good. He's on the mend. Just, uh, you know, somebody, let's just say somebody upstairs was looking out for the Hoffman family there because that could have been, that could have been one of those tragedies. So, so racers, fans, everybody driving late at night when you're tired, I don't know if that was maybe them or I don't know what the situation was. Just be careful out there, right? You put on them miles. I mean, things happen really fast and, you know, everything that you have could be gone in the snap of a finger. Great to hear that uh, they're, that he's okay. I don't know when he's in back behind the wheel hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he tweeted this morning. So he's doing, he said he's doing better. His dad's still in pretty rough shape, but he is doing better. So like I said, the good news, bad news, but the bad news, they got in the accident, but good news, um, at least he's on he's on the mend. All right, here's the, you know, current standings. We're I, hoping to have that up. We don't have that as of right now, but we're going to get that to Mason. Hopefully a long weekend, everyone's busy. Uh, but here's the current picks for the week. You know, we got Superior, we got Grand Forks, we got the course of World 100. Little race down in Boone. You may have heard of it. So it's kind of what we're picking this week. So big week, like I said, Ryan. Uh, you know, kind of what are you looking forward to? Like I said, we got Eldora, we got Godnick, we got Grand Forks, we got Boone. I mean, there's 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 just a little bit on the schedule. There is. And in a lot of lot of late model guys like yourself would say the world 100. I mean, obviously, as a traditionalist, you gotta be excited about that. Boone Supernational is a race I've never been to, right? It's your cup of tea, right? They got over a thousand cars there. They race like 24-7. I can't believe you're not there. But we're actually picking the mod winner for the Boone Supernationals. That and they farm the track. They keep it going, they keep it moist. They don't really lock it down. I've been to Boone, but not for that race. That's a good one I'm looking forward to. But locally, the two that I'm looking forward to most, of course, the Northern Nationals. 
um, up at the Gondekla Speedway in Superior, Wisconsin. It's actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They have like a little deal on Wednesday as well, but that's always a great race. And then the John Sites Memorial up at the River City Speedway. Man, that race has been fantastic in recent years. The question, you actually, your, your lock of the week is that that hardware is going back to Canada. That would be four of the last five years, right? Because Ricky yeah. won it, then Turnbull won it twice, and then A.J. Dima won it last year. Now, you think it's going back to Canada. Uh, Fans, what do you think? Is that, yeah. that going to Canada, or is that staying back here in the States? The big money. And then what are you thinking on Dima? You know, Dima's won that race a handful of times. Hasn't raced much this year. As a matter of fact, I think he won in a modified over the weekend, didn't he? And, and uh, um, you know, do you think he shows up? Two wins in a modified. Yeah, he got second. He's gone. Oh, He'll second. be there. That That's it. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's literally up front year after year after year at that race. I mean, the smart money's got to be on the 58. One of those rare talents, right? He barely races, but when he does, he unloads. He's a threat to win every single time. Absolutely. All right, any closing thoughts? I think that's pretty much it. No, that's it. A lot of racing. Get out there, fans. Get to your favorite racetrack. Get to your favorite special. Post in the comments what you're looking forward to. And if you can't, uh, if you can't be there, there's a lot of streaming platforms that have a lot of great racing action all week long. Yeah, should be awesome. All right, please subscribe. Hit the like button. Share if you liked the episode. We appreciate that. Um, got rid of a little bit of merchant swag this weekend. Like I said, uh, send a message. We'll get it to you. Thanks to our great partners, Dirt Shock Supply, Brad Parks and Soil and Egg Solutions, Chase Schmidt Real Estate, Zuli's Race Engines, BuyRayShirts.com, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Dirt Race Central, and Mason Aaron Videos. The one to go show at gmail.com. If you want to send us something private, find us Spotify, TikTok, Snap, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. For Ineo, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.